Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I realize it goes without saying. We all feel this way. I hope there are no more explosions and deaths today in uh, in Afghanistan. My brother did that same job at the airport in Baghdad when the Iraq war started. That's standing there at the gate, looking at a whole bunch of people that all look the same to you and patting them down to see if they got a, a suicide vest. And uh, and uh, one of them almost blew him up. But it's a heck of a job these Marines are doing. And a whole bunch of them lost their lives yesterday doing it. Yeah, there will unquestionably be more attacks and more death. Uh, whether it will be among American forces is the question, as the even Kabul itself is descending into a civil war with the Taliban and ISIS-K, the Haqqani Network, Al-Qaeda, all sorts of different players willing to blow innocents up to make their godforsaken points about Allah and who ought to be in charge and the rest of it. So, Human beings uh, are so fascinating and disappointing in many ways the fact that on earth exists a group of people like the taliban al-qaeda and isis that are so crazy so crazy and they have no idea how crazy they are and just you know as backward as cavemen uh, you know you can make all the medical advances you want and all the advice advances and computers and technology and all the different things you still you still got to deal with the human brain. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm scanning the mainstream media for reaction to the president's address yesterday. Um, and it's uh, you can see the code words starting to pop up. Um, but the uh, the recognition that the president has lost his marbles is pretty much on the right. Lost his marbles. That's an interesting That's phrase. Colloquial expression. Um, I no longer believe he has... Uh, the faculties it takes to carry off the office, but we'll see. Maybe he just had a bad day yesterday. But uh, more on that, some excerpts from his speech, a lot of good stuff to come. But first, please, please, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. The tension of a court show. You're both degenerates, and you disgust me. The emotion of a talk show. Now hold up, everybody. I'm talking over you. Well, we are not <laughs> Comernati. Phones have ruined self-esteem, comedy clubs, concerts, childhood, attention span, sleep cycles, using toilet time to reflect. Oh, and dating. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke turns to sh. Okay. You don't think this could have been handled, this actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No. President Biden, in his remarks on on Friday, said three things that were demonstrably, provably untrue. What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with al-Qaeda gone? He should be impeached. Uh, This is their election of duty by the commander-in-chief. First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. We are opening the aperture. We are improving our throughput. We're in touch with the Taliban daily. The Taliban wants to be recognized in international community 
restaurants across Belgium. They probably have a climate plan coming. To state the obvious here, an embassy does not belong in an airport because it's not a Wolfgang Puck restaurant. The gates to the airport are unlike anything I've ever seen. But we're on the cusp of having the biggest mass hostage situation in American history. I would not be surprised at all if this ISIS-K attack is just a straw man. It's just a front for the Taliban who are actually organizing the attack against us. I'll tell you, the war dogs are hungry and it might be time to let them eat. To those who carried out this attack, we will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. I hope we do. We'd have to get lucky because according to all the people that know what they're talking about, we don't have anywhere close to the resources available now to try to hunt these people down and make them pay. No. No. These are the people you have to have assets, human beings, uh, on the ground saying, hey, a bunch of guys just came into my town. Uh, Nobody knows them. And uh, they look like ISIS to me. I'll keep an eye on them for you. Yeah, Yeah, that's absolutely necessary. We've gotten a number of texts. What about drone strikes? Yeah, drone strikes work. But somebody has to identify these people where they are so you can have the drone go kill them. I realize the idea of snuffing everybody with a gun and a beard in Afghanistan is kind of appealing to some of you. But, you know... It's uh, it's it's not the plan. Who do you figure out? How do you sort out who's who? And by the way, I know this is a stupid question, but the Taliban don't wear uniforms. They just wear like that weird tunic. They got a beard and a hat and a gun. How do you tell who's a Taliban and who's not? Flip flops, basically. Sometimes yeah. sandals. I've seen guys like in uh, some pretty cool kicks, some basketball shoes. Oh really? Yeah. Probably paid for them with my own tax money. Um, different topic, big story today. This is just out. Key inflation indicator jumps 3.6%, fastest rise in 30 years. So another month in the books with inflation rise. It's either a blip because of COVID or it's here for a while. And, uh, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, there are points to be made for both sides. Because this is a weird time. There's a the bottleneck of shipping and, and computer chips and the rest of it. There's a, <clears throat> a situation where the government's bidding against private employers uh, for labor. So labor costs are skyrocketing. And, and all of that stuff ought to get undone pretty quickly. Uh, on the other hand, we have pumped trillions of dollars into the economy for a so-called stimulus, including after the economy had already taken off. And unless every single damn thing I learned in in, in unending, soul-crushingly boring economics classes, <laughs> unless everything I learned in them was wrong, when you pump trillions of dollars into a market, you have more dollars chasing a finite number of goods, you get inflation. Uh, on the COVID topic, a new study out of Israel. Does, does this turn out to be true or not? I don't know. But another study showing that natural immunity is quite a bit stronger than what you get from the vaccine. This new Israeli study says natural immunity is 13 times stronger than the Pfizer COVID shots. If natural immunity is that much better, then you can easily make an argument, if you're a young, healthy person, that the best thing that can happen to you is getting the COVID. You you, you get the sniffles. If you get any symptoms at all, you feel a little bad, and then it goes away. And you've got tremendous immunity. 
and and I say this not to uh, do a touchdown dance, but if we had let all the kids get the first version of COVID that was hurting virtually no kids. I mean, it was astonishing. It was it was one of the great medical mysteries of all time. Wow. Why are no kids, virtually no kids, really getting sick or hurt by this? They just get it. They shake it off. They're fine. It would have been the best thing in the world if we, and we knew that pretty early, if we had let kids get exposed. Yeah. I wonder if I should have gone out of my way to expose my own kids. Back before the Delta and know that they've got that sort of uh, immunity. Do they have any way of, I don't think they do have any way of cheaply, quickly testing to see if you've got immunity so you can skip the shot? Have to have the antibody test, which I believe is a blood test. I think it can be a finger prick. Um, but you got to pay for that, right? Uh, you yeah. Go to your own doctor and pay for it because it'd be pretty unless nice. Unless your county is doing some sort of study or something like that. Yeah. Pretty, pretty nice if you could avoid getting the vaccine knowing you've got, or, or at least get a card saying, no, I've not been vaccinated, but I've had COVID. So I have had even better immunity than these other people that you're letting into the nightclub. Right. Right. And any sensible public policy that wasn't, you know, driven by fear, obsession, partisanship, Trump hatred, whatever. Any coherent public policy would would take that into account. Boy, our our so-called leaders suck. I mean, <laughs> in words of a single syllable, I mean, there's certainly some that are capable and, and good and wise. But boy, howdy, this this is an exposure of way the way leadership really works, the way the system really works, the flaws in it. It's it's easy to fake it until the chips are down. And then the fakers reveal themselves pretty quickly. Couple more headlines before we uh, we get back to uh, we got to play that one clip from the president again. The, 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 the one he ended his speech with was just unbelievable. Um, L.A. County could pay four hundred thousand dollars in a settlement to a church that fought the COVID nineteen mandates. You can't make us close. Have you heard of the First Amendment? Well, they made them close, and now L.A. County may be paying the church four hundred thousand dollars. Way to uh, violate people's First Amendment rights and cost taxpayers half a million dollars. Nice job there. And then this. John Kerry, who's as old as Joe Biden, but is the climate czar? like to hear the conversations between, between those guys. How, oh, boy. How was your stool this morning? I haven't oh, had my movement yet, but I'm anticipating a good one. This is irresponsible. Um, John Kerry is pressing China to declare a moratorium on coal projects. You're pressing China. What the hell does that mean? It means he gave a speech oh. saying China really needs to stop building coal plants. Who believes that this is going to have an effect? Oh, and then this. Maybe we can come back with this. Eric Clapton dropped a song yesterday. Ancient guitar player Eric Clapton. It doesn't specifically say this, and I haven't looked into it, but I'm pretty damn sure it's about the vaccine. The name of the song is This Has Gotta Stop. Eric Clapton, we've talked about this in recent weeks, has lost lifelong friends over the whole vaccine thing. He said he's, he's going out on tour, and he said he will not play any venue that makes people show their vaccine card. And the reason I know this song is about the vaccine, This Has Gotta Stop, is at some points in the, at some point in the lyrics he says my hands don't work anymore and that's what he claims happens to him and it may have happened he claims that when he got the vaccine his hands went numb and he didn't think he'd ever be able to play the guitar again 
And um, so he's really anti-vax. So maybe we can come back with a little of the new Eric Clapton song, which, you know, might scratch a lot of you where you itch on this whole, uh, he says we got to stop the BS. But Oh, boy. That and other stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Clapton song about the COVID, I think. I can't take this BS any longer. It's gone far enough. You want to claim my soul? You'll have to come and break down this door. I knew that something was going on wrong when you started laying down the law. So those of you who are sympathetic to the idea of uh, the government is uh, forcing us into masks and vaccines, that's what that's Clapton. That's what he feels like, too. Mm, there okay. you go. This has got to stop. This BS has gone on too far. And yet the same pleasant voice and melodies and chord changes we've always expected from old slow hand. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's fine, Eric. You're entitled to your opinion. Sure. It's I, just I, interesting I, that he's so into it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was going to hit you with a who's older, Eric Clapton or Joe Biden, but it's too easy. Biden's older, but not by much. He's got him by a little less than two years. So, anyway, for what it's worth. On the other hand, if my guitar players have dementia, uh, that's sad on a human level, and I feel for them and their families, but it doesn't really affect my life. If the commander-in-chief is losing it, that's a serious problem. And I, I want to make it clear in case I haven't, um, I have an interest in presidential speeches and rhetoric and, and forming sentences and putting things either brilliantly or stupidly, um, just because I'm interested in it. But I agree with Jack that the whole, what did you think of the president's speech last night, Jim, is it's overrated. It's a D.C. thing, and, and sometimes it has an effect on elections or events, but usually not that much. So... We're going to draw your attention to some of the things in the president's address and, and discussion with the press yesterday, but it, it has nothing to do with whether he's a, a skilled wordsmith or not. It, it goes to his faculties and where they are right now. We're going to play you the beginning and the end of his address. Now, anybody who took a reasonably competent high school speech class or English class knows the beginning and the end are pretty important, right? Right. Well, here's the president on a day of national crisis yesterday. This evening in Kabul, as you all know, terrorists attacked that we've been talking about and worried about, that the intelligence community has assessed, uh, has undertaken an attack by a group known as ISIS-K, took the lives of American service members, Standing guard at the airport and wounded several others seriously. Looking 100 and sounding that old. So are his speeches not written? Does oh, he... they are. They're right on the teleprompter. But it sounds like he's ad-libbing. That's what it sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Whether so, but... he lost his place or just decided to go ahead and wing that first part, well, I don't know. He... But it was not coherent. Up until a couple of years ago, he was unbelievably glib. So he would have been a guy mm-hmm. who could go out with a note card full of, uh, you know, a couple of main facts and, and 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 been able to wing it fine. But he can't do that anymore. I mean, if that's pre-written and that's what he sounds like, oh, my God. 
Yeah, yeah. And then here's the end, uh, clip number 40. Ladies and gentlemen, they gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. Oh, jeez. Um, he sounds like he's a thousand, and again, those are stage directions. You don't say that out loud, which sounds like I'm being picky, but it's it's not that he did it. It's that he didn't know not to do it. Do you know what I mean? Or didn't realize he did it. Right. Right. It says I should turn to my right and recognize the senator in the first row. I mean, you don't say that because you you know you're not to. You understand it's a stage direction. You say, and ladies and gentlemen, that's why we're going to move forward as a country. We're going to punish the evildoers, and we are going to mourn with the the families of those who have fallen. Kelly O'Donnell, NBC News, will take some questions. You first. Not, I've been given a list. Um, I've been instructed to call on Kelly O'Donnell. Hit it again, Good Mike. Lord. Ladies and gentlemen... They gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. And he sounds like he's on his DB. Oh, my God. They're probably going to keep this as quiet as they can for national security reasons, try to keep him propped up, coach him, uh, limit his exposure. Uh, but exposed he was yesterday. Ruling by a judge on Florida mask mandates, among other things, come up. And Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Before we get to Jennifer Griffin's amazing rant, practically, on Fox yesterday, uh, making a bunch of great points, let me tell you, this is from the New York Times, the latest. Their, their top-of-the-fold headline is Grief and Desperation in Kabul as Afghans press to get out after the attack. The airport appears to be largely locked down today. An estimated hundreds of thousands desperate for escape remained in Afghanistan, but very few seem to be able to get to the airport today. Armed militants are keeping the crowds far away from the airport's entrances, guarding checkpoints with trucks, you know, like we do with big events in the United States where you have trucks everywhere. So nobody Mm -hmm. can ram a truck through or anything like that. Taliban guards said all the gates are closed to the airport today. All the gates are closed. So as Mike Lyons told us earlier, it's the people that are inside that airport and we're already inside the airport that are getting flown out now and nobody else is getting in. Hundreds of thousands of people? Hundreds of thousands. And it doesn't seem like, well, well, all the gates are closed. So no, nobody else is going to get out. Um, And I saw the video which is just amazing technology that this can happen. Somebody was walking around videoing outside of the airport today, and it is clear. I mean, it is a long way from where our Marines are at the closed gates and the walls to where the first people are. I mean, it's a big buffer zone, which is the way it should have been prior to yesterday. Only Except with the Taliban in good faith letting people through who should be let through. But that didn't happen because they're duplicitous murderers and they were in charge of security. So Jennifer Griffin, a Pentagon correspondent for Fox, and she's really, really good. We used to talk to her all the time. But she went on a a bit of a spiel at the end of Brett Baer's show, and this is all really good. 
The sickening feeling that I feel and that has experienced by everyone walking these halls today, they knew this was going to happen. And they knew, the U.S. military knew that when they were given a, sh a strict timeline to pull out, that they would be going back in. And they would be going back in possibly under fire. For 20 years, they have tried to stop every suicide bomber and every terror group in that country. They couldn't do it. So the notion now that they're going to hunt down ISIS and that they're going to stop, uh, find those who carried out this attack, it's, it's, it boggles the mind. The people they would have relied on to do that kind of work, hunt down the terrorists, they are now cowering, hiding in basements, in safe houses, because they can't get to the airport to safety. All of our partners, they've either left the country or they're in hiding, and we have left them to, with, and the Taliban has lists of their names going house to house looking for them. So I don't understand how you're going to have over the horizon capabilities and intelligence and be able to find the ISIS networks that you couldn't find for the last 20 years in the next coming days by Tuesday, which is your self-imposed deadline for leaving. The military has been given impossible deadlines from the get-go. It goes back to the previous administration and it was doubled down by the Biden administration when they, uh, when Joe Biden announced in April that they had to be out by arbitrarily September 11th. And then uh, what that set in motion and what the, what the Taliban, the fact that they now have to negotiate with the Taliban, let's remember who's in charge of security for Kabul. It's not just the Taliban, it's the Haqqani network. The head of security for the Taliban in Kabul has a $5 million FBI reward on his head yeah. uh, because he's part of a leading terror group. The impossible number of catch-22s and the situation they find themselves in, it boggles the mind. Right. A guy that we've been hunting for years, that we've got a $5 million bounty on his head from the FBI, is the guy that's in charge of security at the airport. So this just in, Peter Alexander, who's the White House correspondent for NBC News, reporting... President Biden's national security team warned him today that another terror attack in Kabul is likely. But they are taking maximum force protection measures at the airport. They told him the next few days of the mission will be the most dangerous period to date. Wow. So that's something. Yeah, more to come. With the Haqqani network in charge of the uh, security. For yeah, some reason. Beautiful, beautiful situation. Uh, this is breaking news. Two House Republicans are introducing articles of impeachment on Friday, arguing that Secretary of State Anthony Blinken failed to properly advise the president and abandon American interests in Afghanistan. They're trying to impeach Anthony Blinken. Well, that would be a big deal if the Republicans had six more House members and Kevin McCarthy was the speaker. But they don't, and he's not. And uh, so that's that. What about principles, Jack? Hmm? I don't know what's going on in that foreign policy team. The Wall Street Journal called for them all to resign. Oh, they did. I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an editorial. Do we do we do that anymore? Does that ever happen? Could there be no. a disaster big enough that anyone would resign? I don't think so. No, you deny, deny, deny. You make excuses. You blame a building or a department. 
You make vague statements that this was always going to be dangerous, blah, 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 and nobody's held for account. You the, say... the generals don't dare blame those below them, and they don't dare blame those above them. So they pretend that it was inevitable. This is a hot thing in the modern world, as we've heard a lot recently. You say that you take full responsibility, but it doesn't include resigning or any penalty or punishment in any way. If you're going right. to take full responsibility, you got to resign. I was responsible for this. I failed. I'm going to leave my job and let somebody else try. Mm-hmm. But nobody's going to Yeah, I would, I would love to see a little bit of that, but we're not going to. We're going to blame Donald Trump. Disgusting. Actually, the Wall Street Journal also said the the Republican Party needs to get off its rump and quit being held hostage to whether Trump's going to run again or not. And they've they need to articulate a foreign policy and uh, and and give an alternative to the Biden doctrine, whatever that is and whatever's left of it. Uh, they say the stark reality is that effectively there is no Biden foreign policy. We're in a foreign policy vacuum because of a conscious political choice about priorities. The real Biden doctrine is in the goal that Nancy Pelosi this week stated, staked her speakership on, passing Mr. Biden's $3.5 trillion domestic spending bill. But the nature of modern politics is the Republicans believe being against the Democrats is, is platform enough. I'm looking up at the TV and they got some images coming out of Kabul and what it's like there at the airport. And as we just uh, mentioned, so the airport is sealed off. All those people outside the airport, they aren't, they aren't going anywhere. Uh, we're going to get everybody out that's in the airport, but nobody else, I'm guessing. So, I don't know if you have, I have. Just put a little perspective with your own life. You know, the the, the situation for other people in the world. It's, uh, I've had a not particularly good week on a number of fronts, but it's better than that. It's better than being in that situation. Right. Right. I mean, that's a heck of a standard, I realize. (laughs) There'd be very few situations worse than being outside that Kabul airport now that they've closed the gates and welded them shut. Yeah, yeah. Civilization is a miracle. Western civilization, the advances of the last 300 years, absolutely miraculous. Um, the idea that we should just chuck it all because it's white supremacy, oh, yeah. patriarchy, and the rest of it. That is one of the most idiotic philosophies ever expressed. Should we deal with racism where we find it and make sure everybody gets the full due of their rights as Americans? Of course. Of course. 24-7. But the idea that we need to tear down Western civilization. Oh, my God, you people are stupid. Well, and, and then just the tone of it all. So the tone is always... You know, you see these people in the streets screaming and yelling about the statues that need to come down and, uh, and, and pronouns and various things. And they're just red-faced and screaming and veins bulging. They're so angry and this is so important. And the culture that you're so angry at produces a military that is taking people's babies and handling them with the greatest of care to make sure that they're taken care of and fed and, and, and can survive. That's our culture versus another culture that is blowing up men, women, and children who, who just want to get on an airplane. I mean, those are two very different cultures. And you're a red-faced, angry, screaming about your culture. You're a nut. Yeah. There's always agree. room for improvement, but have some perspective. Have some freaking perspective. Oh, and to the other thing about um, 
you know, uh, well, perspective around how's your life going compared to the people in Afghanistan. Uh, I always use the, uh, I think it's King Lear Shakespeare quote. This is not the worst of it as long as I'm here to say this is the worst of it. Um, mm. Until you're dead, things could always get worse, which is a, you know. It's either King Lear or Norman Lear or Larry King. But the point is, it's true. <laughs> you got to keep it in mind. Breaking TikTok news, they've banned the milk crate challenge. Okay, we got to you know, you know, you know do that. We got to do that <laughs> when right. we come back. We got to explain right, well. that, that when we come back. If doctors aren't busy enough, they're now dealing with the latest online trend. Listen to this. There is another dangerous internet challenge that people should be watching out for. It's something called the Milk Crate Challenge. Doctors warn it could land you on a trip to the ER. Seriously, imagine surviving a global pandemic then having your family find out it's the Milk Crate Challenge is what got you. (laughs) So somebody's going to have to explain this to me. I've heard about it, but... I just heard somebody mock somebody saying, you're too old for the milk crate challenge, but I don't know what it is. Oh, you are. Uh, it, long story short, you have a, a row of milk crates, one milk crate, right? Mm-hmm. And then you build a pyramid so it steps to the top and steps to the bottom, four, five, six high, whatever. But only and one milk- wide? Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. And as milk crates are famously wobbly, especially as you get on top of more than one or two, uh, people lose their balance and the milk crates collapse and they plunge to the ground and well, you, break their arms and their heads and their whatever. Well, first of all, you got to have the good industrial strength like actual milk crate milk crates. The really mm. sturdy ones are firm, but you, most people buy the, like I've got plenty, the kind of cheap ones you get at Target or Walmart or whatever, and they're very wobbly. They did collapse on you. I think if you had the ones like actual from school that they put milk in, I think you could do it. I think I could do it. Mm, well, give it a try. I challenge <laughs> you to do it. Just don't put it on TikTok. They've deleted search results for the hashtag milk crate challenge no. and explained in a statement that the challenge was publicizing a dangerous activity. No, no. That's you are you are getting in Darwin's way there. I mean, come I was, on. I was gonna say, Michael, play the door opening, would you? I noticed that somebody had shined the Darwin light up onto the clouds. I'm here to help with this. Uh, Milk Crate Challenge, I say go right ahead. The herd is entertained and benefits from it. So, (laughs) thumbs up from me, Charles Darwin. Charles, oh man, I was going to ask you, I was going to tell him, he was a beard before beard was cool. That very, very cool look, Charles. And why the fascination with turtles? But he didn't stick around for a question and answer period. (laughs) No, well, he's very old. Very old. (laughs) It's like the president. Oh, come on. These, these challenges. How, so have you watched some of the videos? I did today. (laughs) Are there some good tumbles? Uh, yeah, almost exclusively. I mean, everybody falls, and it's just a question of how they land and on what, what they injure. 
Yeah, so I would I do it so I'm not going to fall like on a glass table or up against a counter where I'd hit my head. Right, right. But I, I, I am utterly unconcerned with these things. Oh, yeah, I mean, exactly. If, yeah. If, it's, if it's children involved, then I am concerned. But if some 23-year-old dude egged on by his buddies after a couple drinks wants to do this, go ahead. I've broken bones. You're about to. Yeah, but even with children, <laughs> even with children, you got to, you know, tell your kids, try, try not to do things where you're going to hurt yourself. I mean, there are a gazillion opportunities to hurt yourself out there. Right. And always have been, always will be. So eliminating this one, is how much is that going to do? And having raised three children, I can tell you that there's a huge variance in risk-taking behavior. Oh, no doubt. Willingness to take risks. And so let the risk-takers take risks. That's, you know, that's fine. That's how they they, they balance risk and reward and and, and courage and coordination and the rest of it. You know, I I just don't care. (laughs) Anyway. How much time have you got, Michael? Uh, I've got about a minute 30. Okay. I was going to complain about this, so maybe I'll complain about it now. Being at the ER with my son the other night, and I understand there's state laws, regulations, and they force the hospitals out, not blaming any individuals, but this is so ridiculous. It falls under the category of, um, you know, you're there with your wife having a baby, and they make you leave the room so they can ask your wife if he's doing anything, you know, if he's hitting you at home or anything like that. I just hate that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, they have this policy of the door couldn't be closed there. So we're there for 24 hours. Can't close the door. They need to be able to keep an eye on your son. I'm in there with him. I'm his dad. I'm with him all the time. If I, wanted, I brought him. I brought him here. If I wanted to do something awful to him, God forbid, you know, there are dads like that, unfortunately. But I could do it anytime I want. I'm his dad. So the idea that we can't close the door so he can get some sleep while I'm here is freaking crazy. That's the yeah. state taking away the parental responsibility from me, the parent. And I hate that sort of stuff. I just think it's bad for society. I do, too. And I think it it shows that we've passed some sort of weird tipping point. I know. Where the individual is no longer sovereign. The bureaucrat is. I brought the medicine for him to take. No, we have to use our own medicine. We can't trust that medicine. I'm his dad. I give him medicine every night. If I wanted to give him illegal foreign Mexican poison, I'd do it tomorrow when we get home. So why don't you believe that this medicine is okay? It's crazy. Wow. Wow. It's a crazy way to form society, I think. Yeah, that's so frustrating. And I think we're going to go further down that road to where more schools do it more, hospitals do it more, just all kinds of government agencies do it more where they they are in charge. They don't trust you to parent. We already uh, have the situation where you cannot give your child aspirin, but the school can get your child an abortion. It's insane. Fantastic. Final thoughts with Angie. So slow, so flat. So, so mellow. So mid-70s. Uh, here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Michelangelo keeps us on the air, pressing the buttons in the control room. Michael! Just after uh, seeing the conditions in Afghanistan this week, I no longer have any permission to uh, complain about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Whether the internet's down or I can't find my phone or whatever. That's it's not what, a problem. That's what I was saying. I, we, we can complain, but we got everything has to be in perspective, all right? Like I was saying, yeah. don't, don't be so angry at your own country compared to what uh, some other cultures have produced. 
Uh, young Alex is at home because he may or may not be diseased. Uh, Jack, do you have a final thought for us? Oh, my God. This might be one of the worst weeks of my life this past week. So I'm hoping things improve next week. You know, to put in things perspective, I'm not dead. Nobody close to me died. Uh, things are going to get better, putting in perspective. But uh, hoping for an improvement for next week. Yeah. Uh, my final thought, unfortunately, has to do with the topic of the day. I believe the POTUS has severely declined in terms of his mental capacity. I think a serious discussion of the 25th Amendment is already happening behind the scenes and will be emerging into the open certainly within six months. In fact, I feel cowardly saying it'll be as long as six months. I got to believe the, the grown-ups who would come forward with that. They'll let us know at the moment a new person is made president. Wouldn't you think that that's the way it would work for national security reasons? They would handle it all behind the scenes and have all the everything in place to make sure there's complete continuity of uh, control of power. I don't think that's constitutional, but I would have to look into it. Yeah, because there's a process. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. You can email us if you have an opinion or something we ought to be talking about. Send us along the link, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We have all sorts of great hot links for you. Great A&G swag. Pick up a T-shirt. Follow our Twitter. God bless America. Kudos to the Armstrong and Getty show. Excelsior! Ain't that a bouchet? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I keep telling my colleagues, um, if this is the new normal, God help us all. Halfsies on that? It's, it's, it boggles the mind. Don't interact with that. Maybe you're not that bright. No! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. How was your stool this morning? I haven't had my movement yet. Are you shitting me? Bye! Have a great Friday, you mother... Uh, 